This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And a sunny, good Saturday morning to you. What a gorgeous morning. Isn't it terrific, Charlie? Blue, like blue, blue sky, clear air, you can see forever. Yep. Paul Stringer, the voice you heard there, introduced Charlie Dobbin. Hmm. Allow me to... I'm not important enough to be mentioned by other folks. Did you want me to introduce you? Well, yeah. Uh, Okay. Ladies and gentlemen... <clears throat> Drum roll. <clears throat> Introducing yes, Franklin yes. Proctor. Whoa! <laughs> the under, 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 under gardener and sous chef of the garden. There you are. Now I feel totally welcome. <laughs> Sebastian. Boo! He's booing in there. <laughs> <laughs> Sebastian just fun of boo. All right. He called you a scallywag uh, earlier. Yes, well, and with, and with good reason, <laughs> I too, was Charlie. Say. Well, here we are on a beautiful Saturday morning in mm-hmm. February as we're drawing to the latter part of Feb, which is nice, because it's getting yeah, lighter later lately. days are getting longer. Right, you are. And questions regarding. Well, okay, you got to get a hold of Charlie. So, the number here in Toronto to give Charlie a call, 416-360-0740, and then anywhere else in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740, and uh, our mantra, call early, call often, one question per call. If you are a first-time caller, please let Sebastian know he will tell me, and you shall earn your little bell, the, the wings. Earn your wings, earn that's your right. Wings. Okay. Um, yeah, right off the bat, uh, you usually have a whole raft of things going on there. I there. always do. I love the word raft. <laughs> I have a two-pager. Ooh. Ooh, is right. Uh, okay, just right off the top. Last hmm. week, Carol called us about horseradish. Yes. And she wondered about whether... Horseradish getting less horsey, less radishy, less you know pungent mm-hmm. uh, as it gets older. She just said hers isn't as good as it used to be. So this is what I learned. For the most pungent flavor when you're growing horseradish, do not harvest until the leaves have been frosted. So either harvest, you know, late fall after frost or even leave it in the ground and harvest in the spring. Oh, really? Which well. you can do as well if that works with your, your situation or do some in the fall and some in the spring. And remember as well, one-year-old plants have the most flavor. So dig up the, like the older root is what you can discard if you're discarding anything. Keep the, you know, some of the younger to mm-hmm. eat and just leave a little bit in the ground to keep on growing. Because that is the thing about horseradish. You don't need oh. to leave much in the ground for it to grow. I love hot horseradish. Oh, man. Yeah. Roast beef and yeah, that's hot it, eh? horseradish with gravy. Yikes. Yikes. Yorkshire pudding. Yorkshire pudding, yeah. All right. Uh, next Sunday, not okay. tomorrow, but a week tomorrow. I will be in Guelph, so come on out, join me and the Guelph Wellington Master Gardeners for the 20th anniversary of A Day in the Garden. 
This year's speakers include Stefan Weber on native plants and seeds. I'll be speaking on gardening in a changing climate. And Dr. Brendan Larson will be speaking about pollinators. There will also be demos on hardwood cuttings and seed starting. Registration fee is $50. That includes a catered lunch and coffee breaks. It takes place at the Victoria Park East Golf Club, 1096 Victoria Road South in Guelph. So for more information, just Google Guelph Wellington Master Gardeners. And okay. Then, you know, under It'll events. Come up there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good. Okay, and as well, the Greater Toronto Water Garden Society meets at the Banbury Community Centre, 120 Banbury Road in Toronto. So again, also going on next Sunday, February 28th from 12.30 to 4 p.m., come and hear Paul Laporte speak at 1 o'clock on building biodiversity with native plants. Spend an enjoyable afternoon in the company of water gardeners. And I'll remember all water garden enthusiasts are welcome to join everyone for a potluck meeting. Visit the website for more information on watergarden.com for more information. Lots going on. The following weekend, so two weeks from today, Saturday, March the 5th, big event in London. The London Middlesex Master Gardeners, in collaboration with the City of London, present CD Saturday. 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Carling Heights Optimist Community Centre, 656 Elizabeth Street in London. Admission is $5, but that gets you an awful lot. That $5 allows you to get in, buy seeds, check out 50 vendors and exhibitors with all things related to gardening. There's garden supplies and plants. There's demonstrations and speakers. All for five bucks. All for five bucks. There's a free seed swap. So bring labeled packets of your own seeds Mm. to exchange. And there's also free unbiased advice from knowledgeable master gardeners, horticultural groups, growers, and ecological groups. So all, all in a Obviously, good cause and lots of good information. More information, www.londonmiddlesexmastergardeners.com. Okay. I'll stop there. Because <laughs> okay. we're bumping up against a word. We're going to run out of yeah. our hour. Well, we've got, we've got the lines jammed right now, as a matter of fact. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Alrighty, Charlie, we had a busy show going here. All uh, right. First up, let's Get see. It. Earl in Oakville. Good morning, Earl. Hi, uh, Charlie and um, Frank. Frank. Good morning, Earl. <laughs> Remember me, the singer songwriter? Uh. <laughs> Remember me? Yes. Oh, I that's right. Yeah. I've been working on a new song for the two of you. I'd like to serenade you before I ask my question. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Go right ahead. We love songs. It seems life has passed me by. The memories I had between you and me. Seems so hard to believe. When I was young, all I did was have fun. After all, my life had just begun. That's for you to see. <laughs> 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 we had to give now you the big buzzer. This is about Canada blooms. Now, huh? when exactly does that start? Uh, well, I've just pulled up the website. It's a pretty easy website, canadablooms.com. Dates of Canada blooms are, it's in March... 11th to 20th, March 11th to 20th at the Enercare Center. The old Direct Energy Center has been renamed the Enercare Center in the exhibition uh, place here in Toronto. And you are going to be on stage here at one particular point, are you? Yes, I'm going to be, well, I won um, a, uh, you know, the big 
cup <laughs> at a, uh, a competition called Reach for the Treetops. And it was myself, Dennis and Flanagan, Flanagan yeah. uh, Ed Lawrence, and Paul Zammett who were competing to who get the most points, you know, the right answers. So I won, and now we are doing a, a rebroadcast, so to speak, of that. So I had to go back just to, to you know, maintain my my upper position and so that will be happening on the sunday so that would be the 11 12 13th march 13th and so yeah i'll be there on on uh, deck doing that on the stage and it's called stump the gardener wonderful yeah so lots going on at canada blooms always lots going on all righty and uh, might mention too, you get uh, free admission to the home show too uh, that's true one yeah that's right one one entrance Two very large shows. Okay. Now, who else do we have uh, going oh, on? I'm sorry. Yeah, Let's you got that. it covered up. Ruth. Ruth, Ruth a good morning from Whitby. How are you? Good morning. How are you, Charlie? And how are you, Frank? Great. Great. Thanks. How are you? Good. Um, am I supposed to sing too? <laughs> no, no. Oh, God, please don't. <laughs> I have a very good voice, but I've got oh. a little bit of a sore throat. Yeah, so anyway, save, I just save have your a voice. very simple question. Mm-hmm. I received a pot of um, tulips. Yes. That had been were forced, mm-hmm. and they have finished blooming. So I've cut off the blossoms. Mm-hmm. Now I've done this years ago, but I have forgotten totally. Now what do I do so that I can uh, nourish those bulbs and plant them in the spring? Excellent. So what you're doing right now is fine. You're going to leave them in a sunny window. Yes. You've removed the the flower stems that are past their prime. Right. You have green leaves, and you're going to allow that plant to be a green plant in a sunny location. Uh, at room temperature in your home, wherever that works. It's going to take about six weeks as those green leaves start to turn yellow. They'll get paler and paler. You'll water less and less as the plants are using less water. But like I said, it's a six to eight week process before the, the just naturally the green leaves will shrivel, turn yellow, and drop right off. So they will become dormant. At that point, it's up to you whether you go outside. It might be a bit early, but at any point after that, you can plant those bulbs outside for them to come up the following spring. So spring 2017 is right. when you'll see them again, and they will come up in your garden. They, they cannot be forced again, but yeah, just find a spot outside where it's well-drained soil and there's sun in the spring. I find under trees is often brilliant because it's shady in the summer, but of course it's sunny uh, in the spring for bulbs to come up, and they do very, very well, and they break and everything up, and then they'll disappear down underground, and you carry on with the rest of your, your summer. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Have a great day, uh, Ruth, and thank you call. for joining us here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio as we broadcast from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. It is a beautiful morning. Mm-hmm. Make it continue so and return with more of your questions momentarily after these words. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, let's uh, check in with uh, Al out in Barrie. Uh, good morning, Al. Welcome to the show. Well, good morning, Charlie and uh, Frank. Good, M- good to talk to you. Morning. I have uh, a couple of weeks ago you were talking about canna lilies, a professional yeah. nurse, or canna bulbs, I guess. No, no, that's the, uh, right. Yep. Nurseries were replanting them. Uh, mm-hmm. I've got a couple in my basement, including a cali, calla. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if it's the appropriate time to start on here. Well, you live in Barrie. You could wait another couple of weeks. Oh. 
Because um, the reason we like to get them started indoors in pots, in potting soil, is that way when we get them outside, they will be a pretty well-established plant and they'll be blooming in late June, maybe even mid-June or early July at the latest. If you wait too long, they'll still be great plants, but you won't see any blooms until August or September. That's what's been happening to me in the past. Yeah, so that's why getting them getting them growing indoors before the you know the frost has left the ground is a good idea. But of course, you technically probably won't be putting those outside until the end of May, uh, early June, because you you want it to be frost free before those plants go outside. Oh, okay. So you know, I go just through a hardening process. Yep, you harden them off before you go out. But you know, cannas can get be very big rhizomes. So just you know, sometimes you only have so much space in your house. (laughs) When I mentioned a couple of weeks about some of the the commercial growers, these are um, growers that are planting hundreds, if not thousands of cannas. And so that's why they get started way back in uh, early February, because it takes them weeks and weeks to get them all planted. Oh, it's just volume for them, huh? Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Thanks very much. Hey, thanks thanks for for checking in, Lizelle. Okay, bye Take care of the folks in Barry for us, uh, and that leaves a line open here. Uh, either of the numbers will do. For Toronto area callers, 416-360-0740, and then anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Uh, oh, here's Smithville, where Chris is calling from. We're going to get him on the line. Um, years ago, when we, I lived in the Niagara area, every year we'd go to the Smithville Fair, and by gosh, was it a great fair. Really? Yeah, and I think still going on, too. Hello, Chris, and welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Love, love the show. Listen every week. Oh, thanks. Uh, quick question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just checking my gladiola bulbs. They're doing great. Mm-hmm. But now, uh, guys, the, the, the big bulbs are about the size of uh, uh, clementine, mm-hmm. right? Nice. Uh, Okay, so I guess it's two questions, but I'll I'll make it one. I'm glad. But, uh, but yeah, you do. Can, I, can I break those in half and plant them? Because I've got a whole bunch of little balls that come off them about the size of a pea. Can yeah. I plant those? Okay, so the little balls that are about the size of a pea, those are baby corms. So those are daughters from the mother. The mother is the big monster, and all those little ones are, are clones of the mother. So yes, you can break those off, and you can plant them. The little tiny ones are unlikely to flower the first year because they're just too young. Oh, okay. But you know, if you plant them, you'll get green leaves, and then you'll lift them in the fall. And after a period of two or three years, they'll be of a sufficient size to give you lovely flowers. Yeah, because we just cut them for the table. Right. Oh, that's great. No, that's lovely. Um, so the big ones, I don't think so. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double check, but I think that the corms, the big ones, like the clementine-sized ones, need to be left intact. I think. Uh, I w- actually, I was thinking that because if you break them, <laughs> Uh, they're not going to scab over like you're going to do uh, mm-hmm. uh, potatoes and stuff. That's right. You know? There's only one growing point, and it is in the center. So if you break it in half, you're going to have no growing point. But I got a nice little baggy-sized thing of uh, probably 75 or 100 of those P-shaped things. Oh, nice. No, I'm not going to monkey around with those, I guess. Well, they're a little bit of work. But, I mean, uh, you know, if you've got uh, the I'm space. I'm the Horticultural Society here, so uh-huh. I'll just take them in a bag and give them to somebody. Good idea. CD Saturday or Sunday. Do a corm swap. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm not going to monkey around with that. Right. But, yeah, but the rest of them have wintered well. Oh, good to hear. Yeah, okay. And, uh, Thanks for your call. Thank you ever so much for your show. 
Well, our thank you. pleasure. Well, I guess more my pleasure. More, more your pleasure. But Frank it's, is it's a, work know, for me. My it's... sous chef <laughs> couldn't do it without my sous chef. She, she has me slaving away here. I I'm telling know. you. Whip, whip. Oh God. Oh. Anyway, uh, I'm, oh, on with the show at nine twenty-eight. Uh, good morning to one and all. Siva in uh, Toronto on the line right now. Good morning, Siva. Morning, Frank. How are you? Good, thank you. Okay, I have. Uh, uh, the yucca plant. I wanted to know, it bears a beautiful white flower in the center. And I wanted to know, after the flower is gone, it leaves beautiful mm-hmm. seeds. And I want to know if I can plant those. You can. You can. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so, but the, so did you bring them in or where are the seeds now? Oh, I have them. I picked them last summer. And they were ripe, they were mature, yes. they're shiny and Yeah, dark. black and okay. very nice. And where are they now? Are they just sitting in an yes, envelope? Yes, my, my little seed pod. Oh, okay. Well, okay, so when when you harvest seeds from the garden, mm-hmm. from a, a plant, particularly a perennial plant, yes. where you want to then propagate from the seeds, mm-hmm. remember that you are you have to kind of channel Mother Nature and say, okay, what would Mother Nature do right now? So what she would do is she would take those ripe, mature seeds from that yucca in August, September. Okay. They would naturally drop, well, they actually kind of get flung out of the flower uh, down onto ground level, and they sit there all winter in the cold. Okay. And they germinate in the spring. Okay. So your job <clears throat> to be Mother Nature <clears throat> is to get yourself a nice, clean Ziploc baggie, mm-hmm. some nice, fresh pot potting soil okay. that's never been used, moisten the potting soil, take those yucca seeds, throw them into that baggie with that moist soil, zip it up, stick it in the refrigerator. Okay. And leave it in the fridge when it's this February, so March, April. Yeah, I'd probably try and leave it in the fridge till about the middle of May. Okay. And in the middle of May, you will find those little seeds will have started to grow. Okay. So you'll take it out of the fridge and you'll pot them up into little pots and then you'll nurture them along because they'll be just tiny for the first few years. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks very much. You're very welcome. Okay. Bye. There Thank we are. You. Siva from Toronto. Seeds. Yeah. Yeah. Seedy yeah. Saturdays and all that stuff. It's that up. time of year. And you know what? That is something that um, when people really kind of get the bug, the gardening bug, so often it starts from a little project like that, like a, you know, the, the old. Oh, look, my apple has seeds in it. I wonder if it will grow. Or my yep. grapefruit or my lemon or something. So it's just one of those little fun sort of, eh, maybe I'll just see if this grows. And then it does. And then before you know it, there you are nurturing these wacky plants. Well, I, I remember my two boys, Kelly and Toby, mm-hmm. Toby being the youngest. And, my, uh, and Kelly, when he went to kindergarten, came home one night with a little pot with a bean in it, you mm. know. And and so uh, we get up one morning, and uh, Toby had been downstairs before anybody got up, and he wanted to feed this wonderful plant, <laughs> so he poured milk in there. And, <laughs> oh, my God, it was just such a mess oh, all over the kitchen. No. Yeah, yeah. And Kelly but, was probably so mad. Oh, yeah, my that bean. That was his bean <laughs> drowned in milk. <laughs> gods. Anyway, we better get back to the show here. Wanda, hello from Scarborough. Nice to have you with us. Hello, Wanda. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. How are you? I was given this lovely little um, garden, I guess it is, in a ceramic pot. Uh-huh. And one of the plants is a calancho. Yes. Now, it's in moss. Mm-hmm. And I was told you didn't have to water it very much. Mm-hmm. But now I'm finding that the little blossoms on the calancho are drying up. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. <coughs> 
Excuse me. How can I rescue it? Well, okay, so a couple of things. One is it's actually not in moss. I think you'll, it looks, there's moss on top. If you move the moss aside, I think you'll find there's soil below. <clears throat> the, the little mixed, they're called gift planters when there's a little mix of different plants all in one pot. I see. And they do, they are a little bit tricky to keep them all happy because number one, typically those planters do not have drainage. So too much water and everything drowns. So that's always a bit of a challenge. Uh The other thing is, is that each of the different plants in there may have different water requirements. Yeah. Calancho is, is a wonderful flowering succulent plant, which does not need a lot of water. It does very well in quite stressful, dry, hot conditions, but, you know, it needs to be watered thoroughly on occasion. So what I would do is, number one, do you have it in a sunny spot in your, in your home? No, I don't have any uh, windowsills, mm-hmm. and I just didn't know where to put it, and mm-hmm. it said something about not having it in direct sunlight. Mm-hmm. So, so you have it on I a table? on a, a little table, but not in front of a, a window. Okay, so what I would do is I, I, would, I would put it closer to a window, so preferably, a, you know, whatever window it is, it should be at least three, four, five feet away from the window. So get it so that it's a bright spot. It does need bright in order for that calancho to keep blooming. And then what you're going to have to do is just use your fingers. Stick your finger through the moss, feel the soil below. If it feels bone dry, then just take some room temperature water and water the planter so that everything is saturated but not not like a, a swamp. Uh, so well. depending on the size of the planter, you know, it could be a cup of water could be you know. oh that much yeah, yeah yeah I guess I haven't been giving it enough because one looks like it's an imitation little plant and the other looks like a, a miniature palm oh yeah it could be often it is a little palm mixed in with a clancho and uh, uh, the what, imitation one what does it look like well it looks like a maple leaf it's oh. sort of um, like a vine could be an ivy. Ivy's yeah, it could be an eye. Yeah, and that it probably isn't imitation. It probably is real. So oh. yeah, just get some get some thorough water into the whole container. So depending, like I said, you know, you yeah. don't want to overflow the water, but at the same time, you want to moisten all that soil and uh. get it into a little brighter spot. And I think you'll find it'll it'll look nice. And then in another two months or so, you're gonna have to take it all apart and plant each plant individually into their own pots in order to really have them survive and thrive. Right. What a north! I have a northeast mm-hmm. bay window. Oh, perfect! I'd get it right in that window. Oh, I thought it'd be too cold for it. No, okay. if you don't, no, it'll be fine. You know, it cool is fine, and it'll help hold the flowers too on the calancho. Will it uh, bring me more blooms? It may if it gets enough light. Oh, very good. Okay, thank you, Wanda. Thank you for okay, your help, thank Charlie. you. Yeah, my we're pleasure. Gonna, we're going to wander on to the next call. Oh, here. you How about that, wacky little, man. Yes. Um, but wait, uh, I wanted mm-hmm. to just say you won't remember, but years ago you gave me you Franklin Proctor gave me a little calancho plant. Yes. You remember? Yes, I do. Do you remember what color it was? No. Okay, so you don't remember. <laughs> it was it was red, <laughs> and you gave it to me. I don't know why. It was in the spring at some point. Anyway, I took it home, and it's the one time I actually had calancho bloom nonstop really? for months. It bloomed just right because I. I think gave so. I think well. y- you just picked a really good one. It <laughs> just bloomed. I had it outside. <laughs> yeah. It was actually in a fairly shady spot outside, but it bloomed nonstop right through till I. Let frost kill it. Excellent.
Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you for that little remembrance. Yes, yes. Mm, I appreciate it. Mm. Tracy in Coburg, welcome to the Garden Show here on Zuma Radio. Good morning. How are you guys? Great. Morning. How are you? Good. How's your cold? I think we're both, I, I'm a lot better than I was. <laughs> Just still <laughs> coughing on occasion, but I'm a lot better. Thank you. Good. I'm, what I'm calling about is I've got an African violet that you told me, I called some time ago, mm-hmm. and you told me how to, tra- to split it and transplant it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I did transplant it, but I didn't split it because when I got down to where I thought you said to split it, instead of actually having what I've always thought I saw on violets, just a regular thready type root, uh-huh. this almost looks like it's probably because it's old and I never looked after it yeah. properly. It almost looks like it's got a tap root. Uh-huh. Now I don't. I've got another pot. I feed it uh, just water that I throw eggshells in, and it. Never ever stops blooming. Wow! But it's only—it's it, funny because it's blooming all the way around. But it's—it's it's only growing up one side of the pot. Mm. So I don't know if there's anything I can do, or if I just left it too long. To- yeah. Well, sometimes it's yeah. We just have left it too long, and the stem is just so woody that it becomes quite a challenge to get it to to be able to split it. So, do you have more than one growing point off of that root, or just the one single rosette of leaves? No, I think there's more than one growing. Yeah. I find that when they get old and if they do split, because they sometimes will, you'll end up with two or three different growing points off of that one root. But they kind of will creep along the ground, the stems, you know, creep and then, like you said, kind of go over the edge. And little roots will will start to emerge from the stem, that sort of woody stem. So it is just a sharp knife and you would end up actually... You may just throw away the whole main stem of the whole plant and just chop it up so that you've got some stem with a little bit of root attached to the stem on each of those growing tips going into whatever number of pots you need. Uh, and that way you can get it straightened back up again, too. So if it's only and if it's only if it hasn't split off and it's only got one, then I just have to kind of leave it. Yeah, you. The, the probably one of the better things to do is, and I don't know if you've ever done this, is grow an African violet, like regrow it from some of its pieces, from some leaves. No, I, I'm not. My mother used to do it. it it's the last of her, our house was filled with plants, and it's the last of her plant that I've got, and I really hate to do something to screw it up. That's right, yeah. Well, no, but you wouldn't have to do anything to the main plant. You just take one leaf off, and from that one leaf, you can grow another plant. It'll be the exact clone of the plant you have okay, now, sure. and it would freshen the whole thing up. But you have given it fresh soil, and you've given it a bigger pot, and it's yep. looking good. It's just not, not show quality because it's yeah. going off in one direction. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, like I said, if you can look at Underneath that that stem that's growing along the surface of the soil, if you can see roots coming down from that stem, Mm -hmm. you could potentially sever the plant and reposition it back into the pot and eliminate the, the root that's in there. Okay, and other than that, just now, would I get if if I take a root off? I, I would. What what do I do? Sorry, if I take a stem off to to a leaf. A leaf off is what I'm trying to get yeah. out. Um, what do I do with that? Well, you know what? That's a good, really good question for, um, it's a longer story than oh. probably we should get into now. Okay. But you know what? I, I will talk about that maybe if I have time at the end of this show or at the beginning of next show, how to propagate African violets. Because they are lovely and they're easy to propagate. They, it just seems hard. <laughs> okay. okay. That's great. So, Tracy, stay tuned. Yeah. We, we'll get to that uh, either, as Charlie said, at the end of the show or the beginning of next. And we'll get to it. All our other callers, we got a whole lineup of folks waiting to uh, offer up their, their queries to uh, Charlie. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias.
Juniors, Forsythia and Fox Clubs, Marigolds, Magnolia, Lavender and Lupins, Dahlias, Delphiniums, Stalks, Fox, Hollyhocks, Tulips and Sweet Williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, saying good morning to Marita in Guelph, where you're going to be, uh, Charlie, yes, next week. Yes, next Sunday. Hi, Marita. Oh, morning. Hi. Yes, I missed you last week because I think I murdered my amarillo plant. <laughs> <laughs> and after I heard what you were supposed to do, I thought, oh, God, you know, it's never going to come back. I ended up just... Two or three days before I heard other people call in, I cut the leaves off. All of them? All of them. Oh, there was four of them. And they were just flopping around. And I had done that one other year. It's never bloomed again, but it always comes back with leaves. Yeah. And um, so I quickly got the water can out and watered it again. <laughs> I'm wondering if I've actually done it in. Has anything grown back since you cut all the leaves off? Well, they've sort of gotten a little bit bigger, but... Um, You've got it in a sunny location? Yes, I do. All right, yeah. so what I would do, because there's never a lot of soil in the pots with amaryllis. We usually have a pretty big bulb in a pretty small pot. So yeah. just feel the soil. Um, don't, you know, because there is so little growth on the plant, uh, be careful to not overwater. But if the soil dries right out, then, you know, give it a little bit of water to moisten all the soil, wait another week or so, feel the, feel the soil. If there's enough energy in the bulb, it will grow leaves again. That, at that point, you're going to allow those leaves to grow, even if they are <laughs> flopping all over the place. And you're going to keep it in the sun. You're going to turn it, you know, 180 degrees every week or so, water as necessary, and allow it to be just a green floppy plant all spring, all summer. Okay. And at the end of the summer is when we just stop watering and let those green leaves shrivel up. Yeah, because I did that once before, but I let it grow longer. It mm-hmm. was into August, and then I cut yeah. the leaves off that- and put it in the garage Fine. and it sat out there for probably at least uh, at least a year if not longer and then i brought it back inside mm-hmm. and it started to grow again but and it, the bulb feels hard okay that's good you want the bulb to feel hard Does, um so when it grew again after it had been out in the garage all that length of time it only grew leaves it didn't flower yeah huh. yeah i started watering it put it in that nice corner that seems to make it grow like crazy. Uh. This is why the leaves, I was propping them up to my fern plant, and then I got so fed up. With it, Cut them all off. I just chopped them off, and then I heard, you know, your yeah. advice to at least two people yeah. about Don't what cut them to off. do. And I thought, i got to call Charlie, yeah. and, and I missed you because it was near the end of the show. Right. Well, so well, I caught you today. Um, yeah, so, but I just, I'm just wondering, okay, so one of the tricks that I've learned is that Okay, so just like you said, you know, you let you left it in the garage for a year, and then you said, okay, it's time to pull that amaryllis out and stick it in the corner where it always grows. Yeah. Some people say you actually, when you bring it out and you put it in that spot where you're wanting it to grow, um, you don't actually water it until you see a flower bud. Because the first thing that should grow is a flower stem, not a leaf stem. Oh, okay. And so just that bringing it into the warmth, bringing it into the light should spark some now, growth the flower 
stem look like? Well, it looks a lot like a leaf, except a leaf, um, when it first pokes out, is like uh, very, very thin. It's like a green, the thickness of yeah, a piece of paper. Yeah, It looks like the tip of a knife almost. Right, yeah. whereas the, when the flower, it is a little fatter. It's got oh, a little I more see. depth to it. and so, But it does come out like a little pointed green thing, just like the leaves, but yeah. it's not thin, thin like a, like a leaf. Well, I will just try to nurture it again yeah. because the leaf, I cut them down to about, uh, I just ch- chopped them off with the scissors and... Uh, <laughs> And, well, I uh, hope you. I and, hope and you feel. I've left, I don't know, probably three quarters of an inch. Okay. Well, it might. It, a little bit of fertilizer, some sunshine, some water, likely to grow back, and just let it be a green, floppy plant. Okay. Well, I'll <laughs> okay. let you know next year what. <laughs> Marita, I hope you feel better. You know, you so uh, confessing <laughs> confessing to Charlie the way you did. You <laughs> murderer. You. Call. <laughs> okay. Uh, a, and we do have to take a little bit of a break here, and we'll come back to have a word with Joan in Stony Creek right after these words. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And in Stony Creek, there's Joan. Good morning, Joan. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Morning. Um, Last spring, last fall rather, I read that if you planted some nice spring bulbs in a big planter and left it in your garage and then took it out after all the heavy frost. You'd have a nice spring mm-hmm. planter of spring flowers. Mm-hmm. Well, all mine have started growing. They're all two, three inches high now. Mm-hmm. What do I do with them? Right, so I mean, th- should I start watering them? No, so they're still in the garage, obviously. They're still in the garage, and it's not, uh, it's not a heated garage, and it's... There's no light in there. Right, so they're coming up and they're just white and pale and spindly. Well, no, they're green. Actually. Oh, good. Well, so there's. Well, I guess you're opening the garage on occasion. A little not, bit of light coming in. Not very often, though. Uh, well, okay. I mean, it's very hard to slow things down once they start to grow, unless you can modify the temperature. So yeah. what's happened is we're having mild weather. We've got sun pouring down, and that's obviously heating up the inside of your garage to such an extent that those bulbs think it's time to start growing. They've had their cold, they've had their winter, you know, they, they think it's time to grow. So, to some extent, you kind of have to go with that. You're going to actually have to sort of say, oh, okay, it is spring. I mean, it is third week of February, after all. So, the only limitation is that if we were to get to 10 or 15 below zero, those poor little plants would get frosted, assuming you get them out of the garage, because that's what you're ultimately going to want to do here. I have um, an enclosed um, entrance to my house, mm-hmm. but it's not heated. Mm-hmm. And what direction does your the north. entrance north? So that's good. So it's not like hot and sunny. It's not like a greenhouse or something like that. No. So maybe that's what I mean. But what's it's going down to minus fifteen on Friday? So is that going to harm it if I brought them onto there? Uh, well, it won't be minus 15 out on that porch, no. uh, depending on the wind and how much uh, air gets in and out of that glassed-in enclosure. Uh, yeah, it could be zero in there or even colder, I guess, depending on, like I said, how much leakage there is. Yeah. Um, I mean, what was your ultimate thinking on that? Was to put that pot into your entranceway or to bring it right no, into the house? Bring it out. No, to just put it outside. At, at the front, as a front, <clears throat> as a as a welcoming pot. Yeah. Right. So I... 
personally, I would put it into, I'd take it right outside on a day like today, because what are we going to today? Five or yeah. six degrees. The thing is, it's quite a big pot. Yeah, to start rolling around. around. Too much, you, you need know? like a little dolly. You can dolly it around. Yeah. Because that'll be the thing. If it does get super cold, you're going to want it in back in the garage for the night. That's or. Right. Uh, yeah. But on a day like today, it could be outside and it'll be blooming and you'll be the star of the neighborhood with, <laughs> with color and flowers before when everything's still gray. I know, and I love squeak brown. <laughs> Me too. No, I've done it before like you. I've pot, you know, planted up a pot and I layered in like lots and lots of bulbs. Gosh, yeah. probably 75 bulbs into one big pot. Big yeah. ones at the bottom, little ones on the top, medium ones in between. But I buried the pot in the ground mm. uh, for the winter just because I found that in my garage it was too unstable, the temperatures. I couldn't control so the temperatures. I water them now? I would. I'd, okay. It wants to grow and I'd get it, give it some actual sunlight, you know, some okay. real light if so you can. So if I take it out and in, it's not going to harm them? Nope, not okay. at all. No. Nope. Yeah. Okay. So just work with them if you can and, and seriously, go to Home Depot and get a little dolly, a little round I'd, platform on wheels and then yeah. it'll be easier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks, Joan. Thank you, Joan. Uh, Joan. Thank you, Joan, for joining our <laughs> Lord, <laughs> I, I think I t- need to take some other kind of pills. My gosh. Hello and it's good morning. your own language, really. <laughs> Pardon me? Sorry. <coughs> I've got what you got. I know. Eleanor there. in Waterloo. Good morning and welcome to the Garden Show here on Zuma Radio. Good morning, both of you. Good morning. Charlie, I have a confused Christmas cactus. Oh, nice. It bloomed absolutely beautiful in November, and I thought, okay, you're early. Yeah. It bloomed again beautiful in December. Oh, perfect. I thought, wonderful. It bloomed (laughs) again in January, (laughs) and it's blooming now. Nice. Wow. It's not confused. my Christmas cactus? It just wants to bloom. It just wants you to love it so much. It's just going to keep putting out flowers. Well, I do love it. I talk to it, and it's in a, a... It's... Tripled its size. There in you year. go. And you're probably fertilizing it. No, I Not did in November because a blooming plant should be fertilized, right. but then I haven't fertilized it since because <laughs> it should be asleep. Nice. Well, not really. I mean, obviously, you're right. Typically, a Christmas cactus will have a downtime after it blooms, but yours is so happy that it's not ready for the downtime yet. It doesn't want to be dormant. It wants to just keep showcasing its beauty and keep having you admire it. So work with it. But you know what uh, what else? You probably have it in lots of sun, which it loves, and it also is probably getting some very nice cool temperatures at night. Well, you, I phoned a while ago because it wasn't blooming, and yeah. you t- told me to put it out of the bedroom at night and I've been doing that every night it goes out into the cold hall. Yeah, there you go. That's why it keeps blooming. And I bring it back in and now it's constantly blooming. Will it burn itself out? No, no. What'll happen eventually is you won't be able to provide it with those cold nights so eventually it's going to stop blooming because the temperatures are going to be too warm. Well, should I be feeding it now because it's blooming or should I be leaving it? I mean... You usually don't start feeding until the end of March. That Well, and with a Christmas cactus, yours is just going to be going dormant in March and April. So you are not going to be feeding it then. So it, this, Christmas cactus kind of grow opposite to most of our plants. Okay. Most of our plants are dormant at, during Christmas and are getting ready to get going in the spring. But Christmas cactus is the opposite. It's going all through the winter season and has its down period 
after Christmas. Yours is just a bit slow to go to sleep. So I should be feeding it then. Well, you fed it in November. It's obviously been working off of that nutrient. Unless you want to just keep promoting more flowering and a bigger plant, I would not feed it. I I would like it to do what it's supposed to do, bloom again next Christmas. Oh, it'll bloom next Christmas. Just just let just work with it. Don't fertilize it. Uh, you know, water as necessary. Do what you're doing. Eventually, it's going to stop blooming, and then you're going to just water it even less. But do remember, it needs that sunny location throughout the spring and the summer. And then, of course, come fall, you're going to start putting it back out in the hallway for those cool, you know, night temperatures, and it'll be blooming for Christmas again. Thank you very much. Okay, You're very Eleanor, welcome. Thank you. Of course, by that time, it might be so big, Eleanor's going to need a dolly for that plant. Exactement. Right. Uh, I want to mention this quickly. We had a call early in the show, actually, from Shelley in St. Catharines, who said she saw a flock of more than 20 robins. So yeah. spring is in the air. I guess she saw that just now. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, and I was looking, trying to see, you know, are the robins coming home early or maybe they never even left the St. Catharines area because the robins I haven't seen any in my garden but um, some of them just don't go south very far anymore because of the mild winters we've been having. Yeah, true, true. Other than last weekend. Yeah, well, uh, so keep your eye peeled. And of course, last weekend was the bird count. It was. And you know, it's funny, I went, my daughter lives right in downtown Toronto in a high-rise apartment and I went to pick her up and uh, she has a lot of pigeons in her area, and as we were walking out to the car, all of a sudden the pigeons all sort of f- took off and started flying in circle, and I went, ooh, that's always a good indication there's something around. So sure enough, I look up, and there's a hawk circling above the pigeons, uh-huh. and then another hawk came into view. So there we had a, s- a swarm, <laughs> a swarm, a yeah. flock of pigeons going round and round in tight formation with two hawks directly above, just doing a very slow soar above. It was very cool. I went, ah! Backyard bird count. There, there we go. go. Register go. that one. Well, I'm counting the birds in the studio, and I see uh, some of the jailbirds have moved in uh-huh. to Dave Corner Garage. Trouble. It, trouble indeed. But hey, it's been fun this morning. Thank it you all has. Thank you very much. A gorgeous day. We'll have to go have some yummy breakfast in High Park, see if there's anything yeah. blooming there. And uh, in the meantime, thank you very much, Sebastian, for all your wonderful support. Thanks to all our great callers. We didn't get to everybody, but we'll talk more about African violets next week. And thank you, Frank. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.